to you this morning. Let's take the Word of God. Look over the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter number 8. Revelation chapter number 8. And as you open it there to the last book of the Bible, I want to tell you a little bit about where we are. I know some of this is with us this morning. We're in the midst of the tribulation period, a seven-year period in which God will pour out His wrath on an unbelieving world. This is a, a time that is sure to come because the Bible prophesies of it. The Bible talks about it. And so you can, the wonderful thing is you can avoid it by knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. You do not have to, there's no one in this room that should go through the tribulation period. Amen. There's no one in here that should go through the tribulation period because you've heard the gospel, you've heard about the Lord Jesus, you're in a church that preaches the gospel, and you can be gloriously saved this morning if you're not already and go to heaven and escape God's wrath. The Bible says that God has not appointed us unto wrath. That is God's people. And this tribulation period will take place after the rapture of the church, after the church is called out. And that could happen at any moment. It's imminent. The trump of God, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God sounds. And those on the ground, those who know Christ, will hear it and be lifted up into heaven that will meet the Lord in the clouds, in the air. And the Bible says, so shall we ever be with the Lord, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Very comforting to know that you don't have to go through this terrible, awful time when God is unleashing His wrath on an unbelieving world at this time. Revelation chapter number 8. And let's read verse number 1, and then we'll pick up some verses here in just a little bit. John says, the revelator, the author of the book under inspiration, he's being seen seeing this revelation, this unfolding happening. And he says in verse number 1, And when he, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. Now the Lord Jesus spoke, in the Mount Olivet Discourse, in his earthly ministry. And he says, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Let me use a word to describe the tribulation period. It will be unprecedented. Unprecedented. Now these, we're getting ready to get to the seven trumpets. And the seven trumpets, a couple of those you can equate and will remind you of the Old Testament plagues that God put on Egypt back in Moses' time. But still, they stand apart as being unprecedented. What that means is they have never before been known or experienced. They are unexampled. There's not another example in all of human history that I could that would equal the, the terror, the dread, the destruction of the tribulation period. Nor, and it also is, another word I like is unparalleled. There's not another instance or example that I could lay beside of the time that I'm talking to you now and say it's kind of like that. Because it's unprecedented. It's unparalleled. It's unexampled. And what's happened here? is in heaven. You remember there was the wonderful, there's the 20 and 4 elders, which represents all the saved of mankind. And then you, you have 
the four beasts around the throne that are the guardians of the throne. And we know that John weeped in heaven because they were looking for someone who was worthy to open the book. They were looking for someone in all of heaven, in earth or under the earth, that was worthy to open the book. Now, the book was a scroll, a parchment that was rolled up, and on it had seven seals. And no one was worthy. But there was someone that was worthy. It was the Lord Jesus Christ. He was worthy to open the seals thereof and to open the book. He goes over to God the Father and takes that book from the right hand of God the Father in the throne. And from there, he begins to peel and open the scroll, the parchment, and unroll it by peeling off the seals. Each seal initiates a judgment upon the earth. With the first four, we had the four riders of the four horsemen of the apocalypse that came forth from those seals. And then the other seals were mentioned there. And then we had a parenthetical section where we have the martyred saints that, are, that die and are beheaded for the faith during the tribulation period that are taken up into heaven. So now we come to the very last seal, the seventh seal. Now with the, each seventh, we'll unleash and open up other destructive uh, judgments upon the earth. For example, when we have the seventh seal is peeled away, the seventh seal releases the seven trumpets. And the seven trumpets, on the seventh trumpet, releases the seven vials. Now, they're not just like we go through, they happen sequentially or in sequence, but they're still going on and happening. As you have the seals, and then we have the trumpets, things are expanding, the judgment and the tribulation period is intensifying, and then later in the great tribulation and in the time of Jacob's trouble will extend even further to expand and be more destructive and more judgment and more chaotic as you get into the vile judgments in Revelation chapter number 16. So these are times that have never been seen before, never will be seen afterwards. And so there's each a judgment comes forth. So let's look at it. The first thing I want you to notice is right before, the Bible says, and when he, this is the Lord Jesus, he peels off that last seal, had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about the space of half an hour. Or we would say 30 minutes, approximately, to the best of John's estimation. Now, what is this silence? See, now the scroll that was taken out of God the Father has been completely unrolled, completely unraveled, and completely revealing everything in its contents. Right? So perhaps the scroll had now been completely opened and perhaps even turned over, and all of heaven could see God's glorious plan unfolded. Now you've got to understand the scene that's taking place beforehand. Remember we talked about in chapter 4, we're around the throne. There's, there's uh, seraphims, there's cherubims, I mean. They're around God's throne and they're singing and praising God, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Hey, folks, heaven's going to be a loud place. <laughs> I mean, there's people praising God. There's people worshiping God. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of commotion, good commotion. Later on, those martyr saints, hey, they're praising God. And then others, the heavenly host are praising God for all He's accomplished and done in Revelation chapter number 7. So imagine all that praising, all that worship, all 
that noise, all that lifting up, and then that seventh seal is peeled away, and then there's silence. Complete, total, deafening silence in heaven for about the space of 30 minutes. Now this is silence. It is the longest silence. Now what does it give the idea of? It gives the idea of a dread, a waiting, a lull before the storm. Or we would say the silence before the storm. I remember back in 2009, I was down in Yazoo City, Mississippi, uh, putting together some things for an office company I worked for at the time. We were down there, and the weather report said there's going to be a tornado in Yazoo City, Mississippi, the home place of Jerry Flower. Amen. Ain't much down there besides you, but if it wasn't for him, that place wouldn't be worth two cents. I mean, you don't even know it. Yazoo City, Mississippi. We're down there. And they said, there's going to be a tornado. So me and the fellow that worked there, we asked the local people about the tornado. I remember the guy at the hotel, we asked him, he said, oh, there hadn't been a tornado in Yazoo City, Mississippi in 50 years. Well, that kind of relieved us a little bit. I thought, hey, we got, you know, this is not unprecedented. Well, guess what? The time came that Yazoo City, Mississippi, the time I was down there, of course, this is the way it works for me, comes a F5 tornado. Now, I'm not talking about something that was over here. No, we got the report. The sirens went off, and I'm telling you, I've learned a lesson. If I've learned nothing else, if those tornado sirens go off, it's the real deal, buddy. I'm telling you right now, because we walked outside that building, and we looked, and we have video of it, because you know you got to video it, right? I mean, you know, you got to video it. Don't put it on Facebook. <laughs> so we go out here, and we're standing on the porch of the building, and a mile away, you can see an F5 tornado in the distance. Now, I cannot describe to you, the, the, the video we took, the pictures we took, doesn't touch the feeling in the air and the silence before we've seen it visibly a mile away. It's the whole sky was silent and still. And I thought, there's no way a storm could come. It's so silent. But what it was, it's the silence before the storm. Traffic, silent. The men that I was working with, the construction workers, some of them big mouth, right? They usually don't, don't stop talking. They were silent. And so eventually, like we had good sense, as the sky began, it was, I looked up and it looked like the entire sky, the rain, the clouds and all, formed and moved toward that area of where the F5 tornado was. It all pulled, and you can almost feel the rain droplets being pulled toward there. We had a couple that we worked with, and they decided that, you know, what do you do? <laughs> Fight and flight, right? Get out of here. They left. They got their vehicle. About the worst thing you do. And left. We went inside eventually once it got too, you know, scary for us. We went inside. And that's the first time in all my life I've ever looked at, I'm talking about construction workers, plumbers, electricians. I'm talking about tough, gruff, and rough men 
that we're in there with, and we stood there in silence, realizing if it was to turn on a dime or slightly, we'd be right in the path of an F5 tornado. It's the first time in all my life I looked at rough, tough, gruff men and looked them in the eye and saw the same thing they saw in my eye is we could die today. This thing's real. Nobody said anything, but we looked at each other thinking this, this could be it. Uh, folks, there is a silence coming. There's a storm brewing that's coming. It will be this silence. The idea of bread, a waiting, a lull before the storm, a silence before the storm. This is sort of like perhaps you think about a jury entering a courtroom. And they're getting ready to issue and everyone's waiting to hear the verdict. And we're listening and we're attentive. It's not something that maybe... We're, we're anticipating. It's a dread to see which way it's going to go. That is the silence that's coming one day. You know, the Bible says in Habakkuk 2.20, The Lord is in His holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before Him. Zechariah 2.13, Be silent, O all flesh, before the Lord, for He is raised up out of His holy habitation. Let's look at the next thing. Not only is there a silence, but there is supplication. There is prayers. Now, we're going to have a little parenthetical section. We've talked about these before. When God enters a parenthesis, an interval, if you will, when we're going to get a little expansion on something that happens in heaven before that angel blows that first trumpet. So look at verse number 2. And I, that's John, saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel, now this is different from the seven angels, another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints descended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And the seven angels which had seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. So we see supplication. We see seven angels. Those seven in, in the book of Revelation means a completion, perfection given seven trumpets. We see there's another angel. He stood at the altar with a golden censer. Uh, this sort of terminology reminds us of the Old Testament tabernacle that could be dismantled and traveled with the children of Israel and reassembled. They had the Ark of the Covenant and the veil and the golden censer and the, all of those pieces of furniture. So it reminds us of the Old Testament tabernacle. Let me remind you, there's a tabernacle in heaven. Okay? But it, in the tabernacle and the temple, the golden altar stood before the veil, and it was used for incense burning. Uh, you can find that reference in Exodus chapter 30, verses 1 through 10. The burning incense on the altar was a picture of what? What does this symbolize? What is it talking about? It is a picture of prayer, the incense, being placed on the altar. The, and when it was burned up and that odor, that aroma is going forth, represents and is a picture of prayer to God. The incense in the Bible is a picture 
it is an illustration of prayer. Let me give you a reference for that. Psalm 141, verse 2. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. So our prayers are an incense that is a sweet-smelling savor in the nostrils of God. And the Old Testament priests would sprinkle and burn the incense upon the altar. And so to God, folks, this is another reason we've been talking about prayer. And tonight we'll get to talk again about prayer. When we pray, that is very satisfactory to God. It's like that incense placed on the altar that's being burned. It's a sweet-smelling savor and a sweet-smelling fragrance to God. So what this angel does in verse number 5 is he mingles those prayers. These are the prayers that you've got to imagine that people for years and down through history have been praying for vindication from their enemies. Praying that God would protect them from them, that God would get ultimate uh, vindication for those evil ones. And so this angel mingles the prayers of the saints with the incense, okay, and then goes to the altar of incense to the brazen altar of judgment. He then fills the censer with coals from the altar of judgment. And then what he does is that angel flings the coals of the altar to the earth. So he mingles them with fire and then casts them down unto the earth as judgment. When that happens, there's four things that transpired. Number one, he says, with that came voices, there were thunderings, there were lightnings, and there was an earthquake. That brings us to the first trumpet being blown in verse number seven. Would you look at it with me? The Bible says, the first angel sounded, this is the trumpet, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees was burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. That first judgment is a judgment or a desolation of the earth and the things that grow on the earth. When we think about that terminology, hail, it falls from the sky, hail and fire mingled along with blood, it reminds us of the seventh plague that God sent against Egypt in Exodus chapter 9. Now it does, Joel, the Old Testament minor prophet, did prophesy the time that will come. He said this, And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Now the target of this judgment will go forth and it is to attack and assassinate one-third of the green vegetation, the trees, and the grass. One-third of it totally burned up. Now, you've got to understand something. As I was studying through these trumpets and, and studying through the tribulation period, there's one thing that really come to the forefront of my mind that you must understand, that these judgments really throw off kilter the, the wonderful balance that this world has right now. We're able to enjoy coming to church today that we had a gasoline for our vehicles, that we had insurance, 
that these governmental agencies such as the DMV and so forth are operating. We take all of that for granted. But every once in a while, when you think about it, something economically, something financially, perhaps a scarcity in the world will really, in a small sense compared to this, will throw us off our natural course of life. And mostly what we experience now is a more, nothing more than really a, uh, a, uh, something that's not convenient, inconvenient. It's about the only thing that we really imagine. So you can imagine right now, we don't have a third of the grass, the vegetation, the, uh, the trees being burnt up. And to realize the ecosystem and it being thrown out of balance, and then also economically the impact that it will have. Imagine how this will affect the balance of nature, the food supply, the destruction of pasture lands would be devastated, the meat and milk industries, according to Word of Wisdom. So think about that. Every once in a while we see a little hitch up here and there that affects us economically or in our nature, but nothing as seen as this, as that first trumpet. Let's move to the second one. This is found in verses 8 and 9. And the second angel sounded, and as it were a great mountain, burning with fire, was cast into the sea. And the third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life done what they died, the third part of the ships were destroyed. The second trumpet has to do with the judgment or desolation of the oceans and the things that live in the sea. Also, I see a correlation, if you think about this, those of you that know the Bible, you see a correlation between Genesis 1 and 2, the creation, how he created the, the land, the seas, the, the, the fishes of the seas, the birds, the sky, and in this, you see them being affected and judged. So you see the judgment of desolation of the ocean and things living in the sea. With this, the turning of water into blood reminds us of the first Egyptian plague. Now this passage, you've got to notice that, that sometimes you have to speak the Bible and it will speak figuratively. But at times you need to simply take at face value those things uh, literally. But right here, notice what the terminology is. It says the second angel sounded, and as it were, as it were a great mountain. doesn't mean it is a great mountain. I mean, as it were, John, in the best way he could describe it, says it was kind of like a burning mountain. So let's just say for a minute that this would kind of make sense that this passage may, we don't know for sure, could be speaking of a literal erupting volcano. So you think about the water turning into blood, the lava, the, the, and then also the destructive smoke and ash that would ascend to the atmosphere during that time would greatly affect the waters. So the third part of the creatures that were in the sea because of this, a third died, and a third part of the, the uh, ships were destroyed. Okay, This will also uh, be destructive to both the, uh, to, you know, economically, as we talked about before, and to nature. So as a result, a third part of the marine life in the sea dies, along with a third of the ships, the Navy, boats. You think about industry, things that we take for granted. You know, people might think, I'm going to take a 
if there's a shortage of fish, I'll just go to Long John Silver. But some can't come from somewhere. Unless it's genetically modified fish. I don't know. You know, it's really good. It's, I like that double triple bag. I don't know how to do that. It's really good. It's not good for you, but it's good. I guess talking about food will be here all day. All right, the next one, third part of the ship. Navy, boats, industry. Think about how that's going to affect, again, food. It's going to throw the ballots off. A third of the Navy protection. These things will be taken away. A third of the, the uh, here, the, of the sea, salt water, as I should say, because we're going to talk about fresh water here in a minute. The salt water turned to blood. Okay? Uh, three quarters. Okay, three quarters. Uh, I should say 75% of the Earth's surface is water, and here with one-third, 25% will be polluted. All right, let's look at the third trumpet. The third trumpet. Verse number 10, And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, turning, here's that terminology again, as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of water. The name of the star is called Wormwood. The third part of the waters became Wormwood. Wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Now, this is different. We had salt water affected, land, seas, trees, grasses. Now, this is a judgment or a devastation upon the rivers and the fresh water, the fountains of water, and that those men that walk upon the earth. Now, God's wrath is reaching inland. It's affected the rivers, and the fountains of water will get fresh drinking water. Now, what he says here is that star that falls from heaven, it fell in the third part of the rivers and the fountains of water. And the name of this star that fell from heaven is called Wormwood. Wormwood. Now, that verse is found throughout the Old Testament, but it means bitterness. It means noxious. It means poisonous. In other words, it has become undrinkable water. A couple of references I'll throw out there. Deuteronomy 29.18, Proverbs 5.4. Also reminds me of Exodus chapter number 15, when the children of Israel came over on dry land, and the first the first thing that they encountered as a challenge or a test from God was when they came to the waters, and they were bitter at Mara. You remember that water Mara means bitterness. The waters were made bitter. Let's look at the last one. We're not going to get to the rest of them, but we just want to deal with the first four trumpets. Let's look at that last one. Found in verse number twelve. And the fourth angel sounded, and a third part of the sun was smitten, and a third part of the moon, and a third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not to the third part of it, and the night likewise. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet, of the three angels, which are yet to sound. In the fourth blowing of the trumpet, the judgment, the tribulation period, greatly and uh, intensifies. In the first three trumpets, we've seen a third of grasses, trees, waters, fountains of water being affected. But here we see a third part of the sun was smitten, third part of the moon, the stars, but in the midst of this, we're getting ready to open up something that's going to be in sequence and along together that opens up in chapter 9. When the tribulation period is going to greatly intensify, when it will be mingled and coupled with the woe judgment. 
Now, as these things are transpiring, you can imagine the devastation upon the earth. And in the midst of that, in that fourth trumpet, comes an angel riding through heaven to announce to those upon the earth that's facing judgment. And he's announcing, woe, woe, woe unto the inhabitants, the God-haters, those who know not God. And basically what he's saying is, if you think you've seen and you think it's been terrible, boy, you just wait. Because it's getting ready to get a whole lot worse. Folks, so that fifth trumpet is introduced the fifth, the first woe upon the earth. Woe in the Bible means destruction. But the wonderful thing about this, as we're winding up this morning, is, as I said earlier when I began the sermon, there is no leap biblically or even if you want to use common sense, biblical sense, that you have to go through the tribulation period. So would you stand with me a time of invitation, heads bowed, eyes are closed, Miss Mary's coming to the piano to play softly. Christians are praying. We tried this morning to describe to you the second string of three parts of judgment that will be issued upon an unbelieving world in the tribulation period. There will be seven seals to be followed by seven trumpets. We have the seven woes. We have the seven vile judgments. Until Christ comes back the second time, when He goes to war with Babylon, Revelation chapter 16, He'll come back. Folks, it, this will be an unprecedented time, unparalleled. There is no example I can give you besides what's here. The Lord Jesus said, there's never been a time since the foundation of the world that the world has seen this, nor will there ever be. Heads bowed, eyes closed. No one's looking around. I'll ask you a very serious, sobering question that I want you to consider. If that trumpet was the sound right now, God wants to call His church out. Now, the building will still be here. I'm talking about His people. Will He call your name? Will you be there to be to meet the Lord in the air? And so shall we ever be with the Lord. You say, Pastor, I've come to this service. And I've never been saved. Well, it's my responsibility to warn you to flee the wrath to come. Jesus Christ, He's a friend or foe. He's either Savior or He'll be your judge. I'd rather meet Him as Savior myself. And if you're here this morning, I'll come to you embarrassed to drag it down the aisle. I'm not going to point you out. I won't do that in the years, but this thing is real. And you've heard the gospel. And you say, Pastor, I am not saved. I don't know Christ my Savior. There's never been a time in my life I've repented of my sins and asked Christ in my heart to be saved and like I said, I'm not coming to you and marry you. I don't know how to pray for you more effectively. And while Christians are praying, would it be anyone that would be able to raise that hand just enough where I could see it to say, Preacher, pray for me. I'm not saved. 